Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 16 of Revelation chapter 14. And we're continuing to look at Revelation 14, verse 8. And there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And uh, I'll just mention again, because this is how we learn from the Bible, by going over something continually again and again, that when we read that Babylon is fallen, is fallen, God is indicating it's fallen into condemnation. It is the time of the judgment of this world. Isaiah 13 verifies that. Jeremiah 51 verse 49 verifies that. And the historical type and figure of the 70-year period of tribulation for Judea from 609 to 539, which pictures the actual 23-year Great Tribulation period that we recently came through. And Babylon did not fall during the 70 years, but at the completion, the end of the 70-year period, then Babylon fell. And so that historical type verifies what we have been understanding recently, that Babylon is a picture of the judgment upon this world, God's wrath coming on the world. And when God says at this point that Babylon is fallen, is fallen, it is um, a signpost indicating that the Great Tribulation has ended, Judgment Day, judgment upon the world has begun. And then when the Lord says that she's fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Now God's giving a reason for Babylon's judgment. And we we saw last time that um, Babylon was a cup in the Lord's hand. And she made people drink of that cup. And and then God says the cup that she has filled, filled to her double. God used Satan and his forces, which would be spiritually pictured by the king of Babylon and Babylon, to come against the New Testament churches and congregations of the world to destroy them. And that was a judgment on the third part, but now double the, the cup. And, and instead of the third part, it is two thirds. The, the 666 that represents all unsaved people that are members or a part of the kingdom of Satan, Babylon. And they now will experience God's wrath because they made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Now, we wanted to look at that 
that language because it's unusual. And I mentioned before, we normally read of the wrath of God. In Revelation 14, in verse 10, it says, The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, not the wine of the wrath of her fornication, but the wrath of God. In Revelation 16, verse 19, it says, And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, And great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Again, that's saying something different than the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And in order to understand this, we're going to think about this word fornication. And God actually has a great deal to say about fornication in the Bible. Now, in the Old Testament, the English word fornication is only found uh, a few times. One time in Second Chronicles chapter 21. 2 Chronicles 21, and uh, beginning in verse 9, it says, Then Jehoram went forth with his princes and all his chariots with him. And he rose up by night and smote the Edomites which compassed him in and the captains of the chariots. So the Edomites revolted from under the hand of Judah unto unto this day. The same time also did Libna revolt from under his hand because he had forsaken Jehovah God of his fathers. Moreover, He made high places in the mountains of Judah and caused the inhabitants of Jerusalem to commit fornication and compelled Judah thereto. Now here, God is speaking of an evil king that did wrong in his sight. And this king made high places uh, which caused the inhabitants of Jerusalem to commit fornication. And he even compelled Judah to worship these high places. Now, it's very clear from this verse alone that the fornication is view has nothing to do with um, sexual fornication. It, it's not talking about fornication between people, but it is a spiritual fornication uh, as this king led Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to worship other gods, to uh, commit fornication in that sense, rather than uh, um, encouraging the people and charging the people to be faithful to Jehovah. Uh, this this king, Jehoram, he um, directed them to go astray from Jehovah, to go um, play the harlot in a sense. Now, another place the fornication is found is in Ezekiel 16. Ezekiel chapter 16. And the uh, Hebrew word is Strong's number 2181. And again, it's only translated a handful of times as at, with the English word fornication. But in Ezekiel 26, um, in verse 26 and also in verse 29, I'm going to read from 26 through 29. 
beginning in verse 26. Thou hast also committed fornication with the Egyptians, thy neighbors, great of flesh, and hast increased thy whoredoms to provoke me to anger. Behold, therefore I have stretched out my hand over thee, and have diminished thine ordinary food, and delivered thee unto the will of them that hate thee, the daughters of the Philistines, which are ashamed of thy lewd, thy lewd way. Thou hast played the whore also with the Assyrians, because thou wast unsatiable. Yea, thou hast played the harlot with them, and yet couldst not be satisfied. Thou hast moreover multiplied thy fornication in the land of Canaan unto Chaldea, and yet thou wast not satisfied therewith. And here God is uh, addressing the uh, apostasy, the iniquity, the sins of uh, of Judah and Israel, and uh, he uh, is is again using the language of fornication. More than that, when we when we read um, in verse twenty eight, thou hast played the whore also with the Assyrians. That that English word whore is a translation of the same Hebrew word translated as fornication, 2181. And in verse 28, it says, Thou hast played the harlot with them. That's also the word harlot is a translation of 2181. This Hebrew word is translated fornication, again, a handful of times, but many times as whore or whoredom or harlot. And it is a common um, word used in the Old Testament that we find again and again. And it helps me uh, when when reading this um, or finding the English word whore or harlot to substitute the word fornication or or vice versa. And and we, we get a fuller sense of what God has in view. And in Ezekiel 16, it's found many times. Going back to verse 15 of Ezekiel chapter 16, it says, But thou didst trust in thine own beauty, and playest the harlot, that's 2181, because of thy renown, and pourest out thy fornications on everyone that passed by, as it was, and of thy garments thou didst take and deckest thy high places with divers colors and playest the harlot thereupon. The like things shall not come, neither shall it be so. In verse 17, thou hast also taken thy fair jewels of my gold, of my silver, which I had given thee, and madest to thyself images of men, and didst commit whoredom with them. And again, whoredom is that same word. It's found... Um, in verse 33, verse 34, verse 41, it, it's used several times in this chapter, all describing the spiritual harlotry, the spiritual whoredom or fornication of the people of God of the Old Testament, which we know identifies and relates to the New Testament churches and congregations as they also are charged with fornication. If we turn to the book of Revelation, 
in Revelation chapter 2, it says, um, as, as this is addressed to the church in Pergamos, in verse 13, I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seed is, and thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you, where Satan dwelleth. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast the stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed unto idols and to commit fornication. Now we can see the the relationship there to eating things sacrificed to idols, idolatry, other gods, which results in committing fornication. Just as Israel of old spiritually was involved in acts of fornication with their high places, with going after gods of Assyrians and and other nations being attracted to them. Well, likewise, God is addressing the New Testament church during the church age and saying that he has a few things against them because they are doing the same thing spiritually. In verse 20, and this is written to the church of Thyatira, but uh, again, uh, after each address to each of the seven churches, the Lord says that that what he says unto the churches, plural. It, it has to do with all the congregations. In Revelation 2.20, Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. Again, we we see that the churches were not immune to this particular sin of spiritual fornication. They were involved in it. Early on, as Revelation chapter 2 is written in the first century A.D., already the churches that were um, established initially by God, some of the first churches that were ever established, fell into spiritual fornication, just as Israel had fallen into spiritual fornication. God put up with Israel's fornication for many centuries because he had a plan to bring forth the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he patiently waited and endured these things until the proper time. And then he came in judgment and cut off Israel. They, they no longer would be his people. Well, God did the identical thing with the church. In Revelation 2.20, he says he has a few things against them because um, they're suffering Jezebel. And and by the way, um, we we read of Jezebel in 2 Kings 9, and I'm going to come right back to Revelation 2, 2 Kings 9 and verse 22. And it says, And it came to pass when Joram saw Jehu, 
that he said, Is it peace, Jehu? And he answered, What peace? So long as the whoredoms of thy mother Jezebel and her witchcrafts are so many. That word again, whoredoms, fornication, harlotry, and not, not, um, in, in the physical sense, in the spiritual sense. Jezebel was involved in spiritual fornication. She was leading her husband Ahab astray and Israel astray to go after her other gods. She supported prophets of Baal. Now remember when, when they were slain, she was extremely upset with the prophet of the Lord Elijah and sought to slay him. And, and, and so God uses that figure of Jezebel here in Revelation 2.20 that the church, the New Testament church was suffering the woman Jezebel, not her, uh, actually, she was long dead, but uh, the the essence of her, the spirit of Jezebel, who who was involved in whoredom, in spiritual fornication, so was the church, allowing people, and they would be emissaries of Satan, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And, and that means that the church was allowing people to come into the congregation to rise into positions of authority and to develop other kinds of doctrines and gospels that were not true and faithful to the word of God. And, and they were following these things just as Israel developed literal physical high places and people went to worship. Well, the New Testament high place was, um, not a, a physical idol in a grove or under a tree. The New Testament high place was manufactured and developed out of the minds of men. It was doctrine that was formed in fashion at, at, out of their own wicked, evil minds. And, and then men would establish it in the church and others would seek after it and follow that doctrine just as people built those high places long ago and, and soon people would go, um, to the hill under the tree and, and bow down to the high place. It's the same thing spiritually, just worked out um, differently in uh, theologians' minds in the New Testament, in their commentaries, in confessions eventually, in creeds, in uh, denominational stances of congregations. These high places would be formed and settled and established and people would bow down to them even up until today. Hundreds of years later, they, they are so entrenched, so solidly placed that, uh, if you go into a Presbyterian congregation and, and they, they so elevate the Westminster Confession that they dare not make correction to what it says about marriage and divorce or, or into other churches and their Confessions and creeds. Oh, we don't, we don't touch them. 
We don't change them or alter them. They, and, and that's because they are a high place. They are a spiritual um, idol that has been set up by the people and now is bowed down to, and we dare not uh, root it out or, or tear it down. And that's why King Josiah was such a, a wonderful king. Uh, he He was moved by God as God's spirit worked within him to destroy the high places. Kings did not dare to do such a thing, but he was a faithful man of God. And after reading the word of God, he realized we have to get rid of these things. Well, um, the, the church was warned about them. And notice what God says here in Revelation 2.21, And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. God warned the New Testament church, Be not high-minded, but fear. Take warning. Look what happened to national Israel. The natural branches. They were broken off and cast away for their fornication, for their involvement in spiritual harlotry, for their constant whoredom, which is all saying the same thing, their unfaithfulness towards the commandments of God, that God is a jealous God who demands complete and total worship. He will not share his glory, his honor, nor the fact that he is God alone and to be worshipped alone with another. And Israel would not submit themselves and humble themselves before that truth. And and, and God uh, finally was through with them and cut them off. The veil of the temple was rent in twain. That was it. Never again. They, they were put away. They uh, were divorced by God. They were no longer his people. They, they still think they are, but it doesn't matter what they think. The fact is, the Bible says they are just like any other nation of the world, and they need a Savior like anybody else. God doesn't look at them in a lower sense than other nations they uh, they stand on the same ground. They're not the holy people of God anymore. They no longer represent God or his kingdom, and they haven't done so for almost 2,000 years. But the churches were to take warning. God says in Romans 11, Look what I did to this people, the natural branches. And you're not the natural branches you're graft in. You're, you're Gentiles. You're the people of the nations of the world. I made you my people. I took you from, uh, your, your heathen worship and, and from uh, being, uh, spread out across the face of the earth where you were not my people and I made you my people. But do not be arrogant and high-minded and think that I would not do with you what I did to Israel, who who were the initial, original people of God. If I did it to them, you better fear that I do not do the same to you. And yet, the Bible says the churches have done 
the identical sin, committed the identical sin of fornication. And God gave space for the church to repent. She repented not. And that space was almost 2,000 years of the church age, 1,955 years from 33 A.D., when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, it began until 1988, May 21, the day before Pentecost, the day before, in a sense, the renewal of that commission to, to, to establish churches in the world. God ended the church age. And, and he did so because he came to visit to see if they had repented. And what did he find? He found churches again that, that did not hold up the authority of the word of God as supreme and place everything beneath, everything in subjection to it, but held up rather their high places, their idols, their confessions, their creeds, their, uh, renowned theologians, their doctrinal ideas, they were placed above the Bible. They had committed the same fornication. And so God says in Revelation 2.22, Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And, and that's exactly what God did. Judgment began at the house of God, and with it, the great tribulation began and continued for 23 years. It was all a result of the fornication that the New Testament church involved itself in and would not give up, would not turn from or repent from. And, and therefore, God brought Satan. He loosed him. The beast uh, ascended out of the sea. Satan was loosed out of the bottomless pit and came against the church. The, the churches that, that were involved in spiritual fornication and, and what is the spiritual fornication but a lie? It is a lie to bow down to another god. There is no other god. It's a lie to believe uh, this other doctrine, this other gospel. There is no other gospel but the true gospel. And Satan was behind all of that. So God gave the church what they had been hankering after, what they had been desiring and going after all of their existence from the very beginning when they were involved in that spiritual fornication, when they were suffering Jezebel. They were looking after the things of Satan, the father of lies. They were more interested in the the falsehoods and the deceitful things than the true things of God. They lifted up these lies and entrenched them in their confessions and creeds and bowed down to them. Very well, then God gave them Satan to rule over them and Satan's emissaries and and they would go further and further into fornication. It would be the judgment of God upon them to drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, of Babylon's fornication, the kingdom of Satan. 
Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.